Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thinking, master your mindset with Nate Schooler and Kim Adele. Hey. Hey, Kim. How you doing? I'm good, you? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm just uh, just getting to grips with leadership skills for the future. And okay. this, is, this is pretty serious stuff here, right? Because, you know, everyone says things have changed, the landscape's changed, and, you know, all of this kind of stuff, right? The environment's changed and, and all of these things, right? But it's like people still want to be listened to. They want to be understood. And what's the other one? Respected. There we go. Respected. <laughs> what have you got there? Have you got a little puppy there? <laughs> Bye. Yes, I have. <laughs> and he's being he's being very well behaved. Oh, he's bless him. him. <laughs> <laughs> but so, he, he wanted to join in, so he's uh, he's come to suck my knee. I know he does. So, what what um. What are the most important leadership skills for the future, Kim? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we know that the one thing that is constant in life pretty much is change. So we are always changing. We're always evolving as we've got ongoing digitalization and automation. Things are moving. Things are always changing. And one of the places that I always go and, and have a good read every uh, every year is the World Economic Forum, because they always have a look to the future and say, okay, what are the skills that we're going to need to continue to be effective as we move forward? And for a period now, they've had things like complex problem solving, critical thinking, and automation and and use of technology, uh, leadership uh, amongst, you know, amongst others. But in the most recent report, which was um, produced last year, it's actually added in two new skills that have grown in their importance to make it into that top 10. And that is around self-management and resilience. And as we know, for many leaders as well now, it's about how do we lead effectively and support our teams in the new hybrid world of work? So how do we make sure that everybody is successful and set up for success? And it's one of the things that people have been talking about for quite a while. It's like, you know, how do we create the right culture, the right environment, the right infrastructure for our people to ensure that they've got everything that they need and that equally as leaders we've got everything that we need to be able to provide that ongoing support for our people so it's really expanding a lot on the mental health kind of angle that that a lot of businesses have kind of begun to embrace fairly recently right yeah i mean i think um employee well-being and our um Sorry, I'm being slightly attacked by a 10-week-old puppy now. Um, Employee well-being has always been really, really important. I think the pandemic has shown us that as leaders, it's equally important that we consider and put the right things in place for ourselves, for our own well-being. Because actually, if we're not um, where we need to be, then we're not going to be able to be effective for our people. 
Um, so we've got to make sure that actually we're taking time for that self-care. And often that's the thing that we forget to do as leaders because we're busy supporting others. But if we don't support ourselves as well, we won't be there to be able to support others in the way that they need to be supported. So I think it really is about making sure that we are doing for ourselves in the same as we do for our people. And sometimes it's about learning how to share our vulnerability without losing our credibility, making sure that actually it's okay for us to share with our people, but sometimes we're feeling a little bit vulnerable about it too. Maybe we're missing that social interaction of being in the office. Um, And in doing so, you create a space where it's okay for your people to also be saying that they too are finding it difficult to not have that same social interaction, to not be in that place of the office banter, the, um, the water cooler moments where you just have a chat. We miss some of those. Or the fact that you're dependent on what's happening at home, whether or not we've got the luxury of having a separate space that we can shut the door on at the end of the day and still feel like we're having some barrier to, to what it is that we're doing. So, you know, really thinking about when we're looking at the hybrid working world, making sure that we're masking, matching the task to the location. So which tasks are better to be in the office where we're all together and which tasks are actually better suited to as being able to do them on our own at home. And that can really help our people and ourselves to be set up for success, making sure that we're thinking carefully, not just about what we're doing, but where we're doing it. Yeah. And then there's this, there's also this kind of, a lot of people have been sort of having back to back Zoom meetings without any breaks. Sometimes we, I know we're guilty of that, right? But we're aware that this this causes a, a, a loss in productivity, really. And and actually, sort of a lot of these meetings, I mean, not our meetings, of course, Kim, but a lot, a lot of these meetings are kind of ineffectual, right? And actually, there's no clear, there's no clear um, strategy behind, like, why are you having a meeting? Like, that's why back in the old days, you could have like a stand up meeting, right? And only the right people would be invited. And then you have a, a structure in place. And, you know, it, but like I've heard of so many poorly run businesses where, uh, you know, unfortunately, they, they don't really have any kind of strategy at all behind this, you know. Well, no, and I think it's it's like knowing what your purpose is. It's like, you know, what's the point? What are we trying to get out of this? It's a little bit like, you know, when I deal with people about board governance and how they get used to being able to create the right structure for their organisation to be effective. One of the things that I talk about is, you know, before you go in front of the board, you need to know what it is you're asking. So either you're there because you want to get an, you know, you want to get their agreement that you're going to do something. So it's decision making, or you want to give them an update on a previous decision, or you want to inform them of something that's coming down the line. But be very clear what your purpose is, and then make sure that you've got what you need for that purpose to be achieved. And I think the same is true. We do we do have too many back to back meetings and I see a lot of this. And then a lot of um, people that are really struggling with the where do I actually get the work done? Where's my time to actually create the actions? And particularly as we've moved into more hybrid working and specifically when we were doing a lot of remote, people would feel very nervous about blocking time out of their calendar to do the work because they didn't want people thinking that that meant that they weren't working or they weren't available for work but actually you do need the time to be able to actually do the actions to to move the things forward if not all your meetings are about is why the actions haven't been taken I'm sat in meetings and I can't do it so 
really thinking about how we structure our day. And that's something that we've worked on really hard this week, isn't it? Is we kept, we were working really, really hard, but we weren't being very conscious with the choices that we were making. We weren't saying, right, these are all the actions that need to be taken. Let's be consistent. Let's be specific. This time is for this action rather than, well, we'll get those four things done today and we'll spend two hours getting them done and then get to the end of the day and go, well, we've done two of them, not four of them. But we did these five other things that weren't very important. Um, So it's really making sure that we create that discipline and ensuring that we have a bit of time in the morning where actually we're not meeting because we're doing the work so that when we do meet later on in the morning, we've actually done everything we said we were going to do yesterday and we're now ready to move forward with what we need to do today. And that's really helped us move things off that to-do list so that it isn't just a case of, you know, the only thing that moves on the to-do list is the date, which we can often be guilty of. Yeah, well, it's really frustrating uh, actually working lots and lots of hours when because it's so easy to waste time in the digital world, right? I mean, we, you know, my dad used to say work fills available time. And I know he coined that from someone else, right? But he used to say that a lot. And and it really does. And it's just like, and what I'm finding is the way that we're kind of working, we're almost we're almost close to the kind of Pomodoro method where, you know, you 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 come in, you've got your task to do, you focus on it, you get it done, you finish, you have a break, right? Because the thing is, the way I look at it is, is if you have a break and you've actually got enough energy to look at social media, then you haven't been working hard enough as far as I'm concerned. Like that's, that's, if it comes to the end of your 50 minutes, right, of, of work and you, and you literally aren't exhausted, then you haven't concentrated enough as far as I'm concerned. And, and that's how this week we managed to cut our working hours down from silly amounts um, to far less, you know. Yeah, but for, for me, actually, I haven't felt exhausted because I've been energised in what we're doing. And because I've got specific time for the things that I know zap my energy. Um, and it's like, right, I've only got to do an hour of that. If I get it done in that hour, I can reward myself by going and doing an hour of this that I really enjoy. Um, so I think it's it's taking the time as well to see how far you've come, to see what successes you've made and to give yourself um, either um, the congratulations for having done it or the talking to to say get on and finish it now like let's get this done you've not done it and you you're procrastinating um so why is that because we can all be guilty of that silent delaying where we're violently agreeing that something needs to be done but then we waste our time just polishing it up or saying well yeah, it'd be really better if it was in uh, an ever so slightly brighter shade of red or it's going to be this and actually is that really going to add any value or is it just going to be a reason for us not to put it out into the world um, because we're holding back from taking those risks because it's hard sometimes to take those risks to go out there and say this is what we're doing are you up for it you, does this benefit you because we're doing it because we hope it benefits if not we wouldn't be doing it but it's taking that step for businesses isn't it it's getting them to be comfortable to put it out there yeah absolutely and you know this week we this week we've 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 actually done a lot more work than we've done I would say in two weeks in less much less time because it's been like well what are the tasks every day you know we've we've come along and said there's three things we're going to do this is what we're going to do these three things are going to move the needle right they're going to move our business forward and like those those focused tasks whilst they haven't been easy they've they've made me feel good I think at the end of the day and you as well providing we get them done right and obviously 
there's always there's always improvement right we always need to improve but in terms of like leading people forwards what do you think are like so you kind of talked a bit about it but what do you think are like the most important things that leaders can do in the next few months I think some of it is continuing to invest in themselves so that they're constantly evolving because the world's evolving. We need to evolve to be able to meet those needs. And, you know, as we've talked about before, I think there's four C's when it comes to leadership. You've got to have clarity on where you're going, the confidence that either you've got the skills or you've got the people with the skills or that you can get the skills to get there. You've got to commit to taking the action and then you've got to communicate all of the time so that everybody knows exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it, what part they play in it. And if we can get those parts moving, then that's when we're at our most successful. So it's really thinking about if things aren't working, which one of those four is missing? Or maybe there's more than one of those four that's missing. Um, So how do we keep going and make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success? How do we give ourselves the time to invest in ourselves? That's one of the things that I hear the most from clients is it's really difficult to find the time to invest in myself. But actually, once they do and they realise how much more productive, how much more successful they are, they actually get a return on investment of that time back really quickly. Because for us, you know, we know we've been working really hard doing loads of hours, but we've been working on stuff that probably didn't add any value. So asking ourselves, why am I doing this and what benefit is it going to have to my client, to my colleague or to myself And if I can't answer that question, chances are it's not really adding any value. And therefore, it is just it's filling the time and time will fill itself. That is one of our constants. So, you know, in lean, one of the things that we look at is where there is non-value add waste. So this is where it doesn't add any value to anybody. Now, sometimes you have to have some non-value add waste because it's that it might not feel like it's it's adding benefit to the client or to the colleague or to you, but there might be a regulatory or a legal reason why it's got to be done. But if it doesn't have a legal or regulatory reason and it's not adding any value to the business, to your people or to your clients, then actually don't do it. Um, and that's one of the hardest things to learn in leadership is not just what to start doing, but what to stop doing. <laughs> what is it that we need to say actually I've been doing it for ages, but I'm still doing it now just because I've been doing it for ages. And it almost feels like continuing to do it allows me to justify why I've been doing it so long rather than going, what would happen if it stopped? When I go into organisations all the time, and you see this a lot with MI, you go into organisations, they've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reports, uh, and they're producing these often manually because it's usually the thing that we take out of um, the initial scope of any new system and say we'll get to it later and then we create a cottage industry of coming up with the MI to help us understand how successful we're being but what you find is I did it in one organization and there was something like 1800 reports that were being produced I said do me a favor don't stop producing them because it's because it's harder to um, to start them again but just for a fortnight don't send them out and just see how many people actually ask you for them and off the back of it, we were able to identify that there was more than half of them that weren't needed anymore. And what had happened is every time a new leader or a new manager came in, they wanted to see the information the way that they were used to seeing the information. So we actually had one report that was pretty much identical to 14 other reports. And the only thing that was different was the layout because the person had gone, I'd like it to say, instead of it saying, 
performance metrics, I'm going to say it's key performance metrics. So there'd be like one word change and it'd be a brand new report. But all of these things zap us of energy, they zap us of time, they zap us of resources. So sometimes it's as crucial as leaders to go through and look at what we need to stop doing as it is to look at what we need to either continue doing or start doing. Well, it's been it's been very educational doing this. Actually doing it in our business as well has been it's not easy, right? But if it was easy, everyone would do it. And frankly, you know, I like a challenge, right? So <laughs> it's only not easy doing it the first time. Um, so it's a bit like governance. When you first talk to about governance to people, they're like, oh, it's enough to make me cry. It's it always feels like so dull because it's hard work. We think it's hard. It's only hard because it's change. It's something different from what we're doing already and therefore it doesn't feel comfortable. And yet the thing we all know, we don't like to admit, but we all know, is we don't grow in our comfort zone. We grow when we're not in our comfort zone. So growth is uncomfortable. That's why we have growing pains. And the same is true in leadership. The same is true in business. It's getting us into that uncomfortable place that allows us to grow and do something different. And now, you know, it's only taken us a week, but we're already working on it. Today was actually a breeze we've not found we've not found it a challenge at all it's only taken us five days to get there but that's because we've been doing it consistently for five days so it's now no longer that uncomfortable unknown it's that piece that's going yeah yeah we, we know that this works and yes it's frustrating that we think we could have done this months ago and there's that element where I kick myself going you've been doing this for other organizations for 20 years why were you not doing it in your own um but you have to go through that. You have to take it on the chin and say, because I didn't. And I'm, it's ridiculous that I didn't. And I'm responsible for that and I'm accountable, but I won't let that happen again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a continual process of, of, uh, of change, right? But I think to start with, tra- going through transformational change with a coach or within a business is tough, right, at the beginning. But actually, when you start getting used to it, it becomes really enjoyable. The whole process is actually really quite fun now. And I'm really enjoying uh, working out which parts of my, you know, like the 80-20 rule, like 80% of my time, I don't need to do these things, yeah? So if I focus on the 20% that really needs doing, that's going to move our business forwards, then that's what I'm going to focus on. And it's and it's working out. If I don't do those 80, is it actually going to affect me in my daily life? Not at all. It, it's going to actually, so what am I doing with 80% of my time? I'm wasting it on, on tasks that are kind of irrelevant, really, in the scheme of moving things forward. So yeah, I'm quite excited about it. It's giving me a whole new lease of life, really, focusing on 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 the important stuff, you know? Well, yeah, because you can see so much more movement as a result of the action you've taken. And that's what gives us drive. It's what, it's what motivates us when we see that there actually was something that happened as a result of our action rather than just more work that needed to be done. There was actually something positive. You have somebody come back and go, that really helped or I really learned something. And the thing about change is it is uncomfortable. I mean, one of the things that I always do is get people to fold their arms and then say, do me a favour, unfold them and now fold them the other way. And it's hilarious to watch because some people could do it without looking, but you can see that look of confusion and that uncomfortableness and they can do it. They can cross their arms the other way. But when you ask them how it feels, it's like, oh, it felt a bit uncomfortable. I had to really think about it. Um, whereas when you just fold them, um, it's a way of life (laughs) so you don't think about it it just happens and that's what change is it's about saying actually you've just got to be more conscious about it you're taking conscious action 
sorry, we've got a little squeaker here on my chair. Um, but it's about making sure that we're doing the right, yeah, you know, we're doing the right thing. And mm -hmm. as we're as we're doing something new, initially it will feel a bit uncomfortable because we're having to really think about it. So we're employing all of our senses. But before long, a bit like driving a car, when you first get in, you're very conscious about uh, all the stuff you don't know. Um, but now, if you're like me, you've been driving for, for a lot of years, actually, a lot of it is in your subconscious brain. You're, you know, you're subconsciously, you are checking your mirrors, you're looking about what's going around, but you're not thinking, I must check my mirrors. It's like it just happens because you always do that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think we're, we're launching, we're launching these, uh, relaunching these, uh, these leadership uh, workshops, right? And that's on top of everything else we're doing. That's actually really quite exciting. I'm, I'm quite enjoying, uh, enjoying learning more about leadership and, and the new skills that are actually needed in business these days. So yeah. It's, no, no, and it is, it's exciting times. I mean, every year we run a mastermind group, but we always align the skills to say, what are the most needed skills for the next 12 months? And let's make sure that it includes those, because what's the point of saying we're just going to keep running the one that we ran before? Because that's not demonstrating we're evolving. So the main points of the mastermind, the way it works and its infrastructure is going to run in the same proven, tried and tested way that it's been running for years. But each year, as you know, we adapt it and we bring in new experts to make sure that we're adjusting for those new skills. So in the new one, which we are now open for applications, um, we are ensuring that we're including in there hybrid working and also resilience, how to build that resilience for yourself and for your team, on top of all the other skills that we know remain really important to leaders today. So if anybody watching this is interested in how they can actually use the power of a mastermind group and that peer-to-peer -peer learning, as well as gaining the knowledge and skills from world-leading experts on top of personal coaching, then please do get in touch. We would love to have a chat with you and see whether or not you could be one of our next mastermind group. Very much, very much so. And thank you so much for uh, sharing all this amazing information. And thanks to everyone for uh, for listening. I'm just getting used to the new sunshine hours. <laughs> Fabulous. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.